0: You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network.
1: Bathing was a key social and cultural activity for free persons in the Roman period across the whole of the empire and was one aspect of the extensive public sanitation and hygiene networks constructed in Roman cities, but Romans were probably not as clean as you imagine. This is episode 16 for January 16th, 2018. I'm Chris Webster and welcome to the ARC 365 Podcast, 2018 edition. ARC 365 is a podcast today, every day, in 2018.
0: This network is supported by our listeners. Members.
1: This episode was written by Christopher Booth. Bathing was not only one of the most common daily activities in Roman culture, but was a highly communal activity that was raised to the level of high art through extensive ritual. Although wealthier Romans may have a bath in their townhouses or villas, and soldiers might have a bathhouse provided in their fort, both groups still often visited public bathhouses. Both privately owned, small bathhouses called Belnaum and larger state-owned baths called Thermae Existed and communal baths were also available in some temples. The largest of the Thermae, the baths of Diocletian, could hold up to three thousand bathers, and baths were so important in Roman life that in a catalog of buildings in Rome from three hundred fifty four CE, nine hundred and fifty two baths of varying size are listed. Bathhouses were used for courtship and business dealings, as well as simply enjoying the ritual of bathing. In a Roman bath, you would have made yourself sweat by gradually exposing yourself to increasing temperatures. To facilitate this type of ritualized bathing, all Roman bathhouses contained a series of rooms which got progressively hotter. There was a apoditerium where you would have stored your clothing, then the frigidarium, cold room, with a tank of cold water, the tepidarium, warm room, and finally the caldarium, hot room. After these series of rooms, you would have returned to the tepidarium for a massage with oils and scraping with metal implements. Some baths also contained a laconium, a dry resting room, where you would have completed the bathing process by resting and sweating. Whilst bathing was enjoyed by almost all sections of Roman society, there was some criticism of public baths. Some complained that the water was not refreshed often enough and the oil and dirt the water contained was kept warm, which we now know would have allowed significant bacterial growth. Marcus Aurelius, the emperor, is known to have complained about the dirtiness, and the encyclopedia writer, Celsus, warned against bathing with a fresh wound due to the risk of gangrene. These criticisms suggest that Roman sanitation and bathing practices were not as effective as is often assumed. Roman-type sanitation, including public latrines, bathhouses, sewers, aqueducts for clean water, and laws requiring the waste be removed from the streets, were present across the empire by the 3rd century CE. Despite these measures to improve cleanliness, some recent archaeological work by Piers Mitchell looking at parasites and disease in the Roman period has found some surprising results. There was no decrease in either ecto- or endoparasites across the Roman Empire. Mitchell's analysis of the number of fleas and lice in York in northern England found similar numbers in Roman layers as in Viking and medieval layers. It would be expected that Roman bathing, which was more frequent than in the Viking or medieval periods, would have reduced the number of parasites. However, these data suggest the Roman baths had no effect on ectoparasites. In the cases of endoparasites, such as whipworm, roundworm, and dysentery infections, the data show a gradual increase during the Roman period would suggest that just as baths were having no effect on flea populations, the latrines and sewers were not improving internal health as we would expect either. This is not to say that Roman sanitation was a waste of time. It was an important social environment for the business of the empire and public retreats would have enabled people to stay in the cities longer rather than having to go home, which was good for commerce. However, there appear to have been no health benefits to the sanitation, although at the very least, people would have likely smelled better. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Arc365. If you want to hear more Arc365, check out ww.arkpodnet.com slash arc365 for the 2017 and 2018 episodes. Check out arcpodnet.com slash arc365-G30 for the last thirty episodes. Please subscribe and rate on your service of choice. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, among others. Support the APN at arcpodnet.com/slash members. Thanks for listening and thanks for being awesome.